0: This is the Real Good Podcast. My name is John Roebuck and with me is Derek Armstrong. Hey, John. And Blake Curtis.
1: Hey,
2: guys. How are we doing?
0: Today's episode is called E.T. Right Home. And that's because (laughs) we're talking about Denis Villeneuve's arrival. Am I saying that right,
2: Derek? I believe so. I'm no Uh, French expert, but that's pretty close. Well then you're off the team <laughs>
0: Arrival is about aliens that come to Earth in spaceships That look like black apple computer mouses And a linguistic expert that learns how to read their circle
2: language <laughs> mm. it Might be simplifying it a bit But uh, Derek what do you think? Well, I have to say the circumstances for me watching this film were a bit unusual. Um, as you will tell from the uh, sound of my voice, I am an American, uh, not a particularly proud American this week. Um, I don't want to get into politics too much, but I hope that I have most of people's uh, ears when I say that we we may have desa- uh, elected a lunatic to be president of the United States, Donald Trump, and I lost a lot of sleep the night before. I barely slept at all, uh, <laughs> contemplating this this disaster that we've possibly entered into. So I went to a 10 o'clock show the night after that without any nap, without uh, working, having worked all day. And I think that I got all of it. And I think that if I fell asleep, it was for less than a minute total. But um, the interesting thing about this film is it has a shuffled narrative, which we'll get into, uh, of sorts where there's things are shown out of sequence. And it makes for an extremely, a, a very a unique experience seeing that while also kind of being in a fugue state yourself from lack of sleep. Um, I'd actually like to give you
0: props as well. Yeah. Derek, after he saw the 10 o'clock session, went home and wrote a review for the site real good.
2: Just, uh, you know, to be a good bloke. So, yeah, no, it's, and the
0: review was pretty good. Yeah.
2: Thank you. But it's, uh, yeah, that's that's part of the job. No, but um, but I actually... I part, quite, of job. <laughs> part of the unpaid job. Part of the unpaid job. I like the film a fair bit. I, I, I'm struggling with trying to figure out if I would have liked it A lot more with, uh, you know, if I'd been completely uh, clear and not had my mind either sleep deprived or consumed with other thoughts or only a little bit more. And I'm kind of curious to talk it through with you guys to see what your what your takes were on it. It, it, I mean, it's it does a lot of things really well and some other things not well at all. I think
0: the uh, the problem is I also saw it when I was (laughs) trying for different reasons. I'd had a couple of long nights in a row and I think I fell asleep a couple of times, but also for less than a minute. And I actually don't think I understood a lot of it because so, I was so So it's tired. all on Blake. Blake, oh, so dude, what do you say? Blakey, saying? take us <laughs> home.
1: Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really, really good. I really... How tired were you? No, I was not that tired. I was pretty good. good. I did see a play just before it. What are you going, um, seeing plays? Was it, yeah, Wasn't well, it a
2: play about a murderer or something? Yeah. Just little... <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Who do I
1: think I am? So, you know, and pl- I don't know if play is really my format and so I think that's what probably boosted this film a bit higher for me too. It's <laughs> like, well, it's better than that damn play. Like, <laughs> um, no, I really liked it. I, the, the concepts it was introducing were really interesting. Anyone who's read Slaughterhouse-Five, um, if you really like that novel, you should go see this movie um, because it explores those same ideas. That should we
2: put the spoiler alert in now?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll
0: be spoiling the film. Yeah. So <laughs> unless you have seen it or just don't care, tune out. Now, <laughs>
1: um, so in Slaughterhouse Five and in this film Arrival, um, one of the other things I explore is that that time is not linear, um, and that it doesn't happen. Um, I don't know how to explain it. Uh, it's kind of just you just in Slaughterhouse Five and in this the power that they unlock the weapon in Arrival um, is the idea that um, for any one moment you might be experiencing one thing. So, for instance, I'm doing this podcast, and then the next moment I experience in my consciousness is being 85 um, and, and you know, being on a porch with my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next moment I might be, my next conscious moment that follows from that might be me as a two-year-old. So that's how this, that concept of time works. But the interesting
2: thing about that is we don't actually know that that's what's happening until about two-thirds of the way through the film. And I think that's why we wanted to put the spoiler alert in there because it, for, at... at for the for that at least those first two thirds, it plays as though these are flashbacks she's having yes. or memories or visions, yeah. but not not real looks into yeah. the future or the past per se. Um and it takes a long time to realize that. And the interesting thing about it is that she's able to do this and have this perception because she has come to learn this language that the aliens have uh, on board the ship have gifted her, which we eventually learn by the end that it's a gift. The thing that's interesting about that is there's a lot of kind of cause and effect kookiness going on here in terms of, well, she is able to see her life this way because she learned the language, but uh, at what point did she learn the language and wasn't she already seeing pieces of it before she learned the language? And is that kind of the whole point? Is that the whole thing is... Basically, at the at the beginning, they, they kind of tell you... This is kind of a Christopher Nolan trick, actually, to kind of tell you right at the start what the film is about, which is what happens in Interstellar. I remember he, there's a line right at the beginning that says, you know, my dad was a pilot. And so you realize that that, that is her narrating something years later for kind of a documentary that's being done about that film. And you don't realize that's what's going on in Interstellar until you've watched the film. But basically, he says it right at the beginning. Well, at the beginning of Arrival, she says, I don't, I no longer believe in beginnings and middles or endings or, yeah. or whatever the exact wording is. Yep. And so it gives you a tip-off, but you don't actually get that that's what's happening. Uh, you, you, I think you s- predicted it a little bit early. Is that yeah, right, Yeah, I
1: predicted it quite early. Um, yeah. I said very early on that I was like... She had, her daughter hasn't been born yet, and mm-hmm. that the Jeremy Rain Rena Jeremy Renner. Yeah, Jeremy Renner is the father. I predicted Hawkeye. that very early on in the piece. Um, really? Yeah. Like I in, didn't predict in it. In the first 30, 40 minutes. What? Yeah. Um, so I was quite happy with it. Well, that. The, funny <laughs> is, <laughs> the funny
2: thing is you predicted that, yet you liked the film more than I did. I, loved I didn't it. predict it. And it didn't it loved, kind of I was kind of nonplussed by that. So, so you you <laughs> loved
1: it or I loved it. And the reason I loved it was because um, once, for, for me, the, the best films, um, you can watch it, the film again and again and it has further meaning now that you understand one thing. So it's like the first time you watch Arrival, you're not meant to know, obviously, about right. that giveaway that the, the daughter hasn't been born as of yet. Um, and so when you go to watch it again, you're now watching it with a new meaning intact. Mm-hmm. And, and so if it's a classic, and that's why I'm not sure yet with Arrival, I want to go see it again. If it holds up that second layer, then it goes deeper. I'm very impressed because that that for me is the the most I mean, like that is the most incredible thing I think a filmmaker can do is when you make films with multiple layers so that when people watch it multiple times, it kind of like Memento up. or something. Do you, yeah. think, do you
0: yeah. think all classics have to do that or no, just yeah? So as was it a film personal, as yep. a personal yep. okay.
1: favorite of mine. Yeah, it's kind of like Mad Max the one that just came out. I loved it because that has so many layers that you can look into. Star Wars right?
0: adaptation, correct. Now there, I've yeah. seen that maybe twenty six times. I'm still picking up one of the yeah. most dense films in yeah. a good way. Yeah,
1: that's out there. And that's yeah. what I think is interesting is he essentially has made this film and said this, I am putting it into this territory, and to go out in that territory needs to really hold up for it. As an example, I remember earlier in the year I absolutely frothed over Hateful Eight, like when we did that podcast. Yeah, I did too. But I watched it a second time. And it didn't hold up yeah. as well do, as I did. Do you know watch what's interesting the about time? this
0: Hateful, Hateful Eight is? We, did, you went to that screening with Tarantino and Samuel Jackson and Kurt Russell was there, yeah. and um, Kurt Russell and Samuel L. Jackson said it like a number of times that the more you watch it, the Hateful Eight, the more it yeah. holds up. That's what I and thought as well. it Felt like one of those films the first time you watch it that when you go back there'll be all these clues. Yeah, and there were there weren't, they weren't yeah. at all.
1: And that's what I. That's why hmm. I was slightly disappointed because. I feel like that's the trade of a good movie. And that's why I want to watch Arrival again because he is a, they've suggested watch it again there's another layer. I want to put that to the test now. So that's why I kind of re, I'm saying I loved it, but I want to reserve my judgment a little bit until I watch it that second time. Okay. My only real qualm with it was they overplayed footage of the daughter. You know what I mean? It felt very samey.
2: It, it was, that didn't, yeah. that
1: relationship didn't progress in any way for me.
2: So So, this film has a lot of other films that it reminds you of, I think, um, mostly in the same genre, but one that's not in the same genre at all, which is up and only for that what it's trying to do by starting with a very emotional montage of that ends in tragedy yeah. for you know in up it's the, the the couple growing old together and her eventually dying here it's the death of the daughter now, what I think it was trying to do it was trying to do the same thing, but it couldn't succeed at that because it didn't give us enough daughter at the beginning. Mm. And then it kind of gave her, us too much of her for the yeah. rest of the film, but it never in a really concrete way. It was yeah, always it was in flashes. In vague yeah. flashes. And and, and, so you yeah. could never really become connected to her as a... She was just a symbol. She Correct. was just a symbol of grief and a symbol of young innocence and all these things but she wasn't a real character yeah and i think that was i think that kept me at arm's length from that from that emotional i completely arc. agree yeah. that's why I, I completely agree with that concept is that
1: they could have added some more complexity in there with the daughter at the start there you see the daughter actually saying in a flash i hate you yeah so i thought it's gonna be great because i'm gonna see the layers of a mother-daughter relationship no, it wasn't there it wasn't i mean
2: there. E- e- even in something like up um i mean A lot of people say they cried in the opening. About I did not, but I got it was very effective. I thought, and I think part of that is because right before that we get a scene with the young version of that character of that the the male character. I'm not forgetting remembering the name here off the top of my head, but and the and the woman who becomes his wife as kids exploring in a house. It's a seven or eight minute scene, and you kind of like you get to live with those characters just for that time at least, and it's an introduction of them. This girl never gets introduced. Mm. She's there as like kind of like a like beautifully shot snippets of like yeah. kind of a euphoric flashback, you yeah. know, not something that's real and, and tangible. And I, and that kept kept me at a reserve. And I think I kind of felt that reserve throughout the whole yeah. film.
1: And that's how I felt as well about the tree of life, which is actually what these flashbacks reminded me a lot of as well. Tree of life, same kind of thing. You you see very specific tailor-made flashbacks and it just doesn't give me enough um, which was my—it's not my enough issue. story. Exactly. and yeah. That was my issue with the Tree Life, and that was my issue with here as well. Yeah,
0: Derek, can I ask you uh, how do you feel about uh, Denis Villeneuve's uh, um, filmography? Love yeah. him.
2: Love him. Huge fan of Sicario. Last year was in my top five of the year. Uh, huge fan of Enemy. The year before was in my top ten. Um, prisoners. Mm-hmm. Prisoners would be like. Prisoners would be just a notch above Arrival for me. Um, but then he also made a film called Ensemble D, which I think yeah. is great. Um, So three of his films... Isn't it lucky? No. Three of the five films that I've seen... He also has a film called Polytechnique that I haven't seen. But three of his five films that I've seen are terrific, I mm. think. So this is this is a little bit of a letdown for me, just in, in terms of his career. I felt that there was something kind of glossy and similar about the filmmaking here that could have been made by any number of prestige filmmakers trying to make a prestige science fiction film.
0: Three of these five, which, which, which two haven't you seen? Polytechnique. I haven't seen
2: Polytechnique. That's the only one I know of that I haven't seen. Okay, yeah. Mm. Yep. So the other ones are um, Prisoners, uh, Enemy. Enemy, Sicario, and Incendie. Yeah. I feel like Denis Villeneuve has... Um an amazing director
0: that needs to slow down the pace of the movies he's making and actually mm. take time. Like watching all of his films, you get the sense that this is a guy that really understands how to put a film together. Definitely. And like these sort of moments, like really great moments within his films, but they're just not quite there. Like I, I thought Sicario, he's, a, he's an amazing director, but he's really good at polishing shitty scripts into something really great. I thought Zakari had an awful script, and he did
2: the best with it that he could. I thought this script was pretty weak, and for this for this film for Arrival, yeah. yes, that's this is the first time I agree with you on that. Yeah, um, I have always liked the scripts as well that he's made in the past. Uh, I mean, like I don't think Prisoners is a great script, but I think he, he 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 got something really good out of that and something really distinctive and kind of memorable. Um, but here, I kind of felt. Uh, I've seen a lot of alien invasion films before. Um, it doesn't. It's not that different. But I do want to point out something that I thought was great. Um, everything related to the aliens, everything specifically related to them. Their creature design, like they looked like like giant tree stumps. Like what what is what are the kinds of trees that I'm thinking of that are that are um, they're Australian that have those long long. Um, roots that stick out of the water like do you know which God, one like here uh, was yes. it floor? what's wait what's phrase flora or fauna I should have <laughs> looked it up beforehand if I was going to reference <laughs> it but 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 I I thought that they I thought yeah, that, yeah, that was a theory. creature design that I hadn't seen before hmm. um, and I also thought and and here's something where not having watched the trailer beforehand cuz I was very careful not to watch the trailer cuz I was really anticipating this film I didn't ever see their written language until I saw the film oh. and I thought it was so elegant and beautiful and it kind of blew me away. I thought there was something like when I was in that ship with them, I felt like this, this is something uh, like what a real interaction with an alien would really be. Yeah. It, it, it did a good job at
0: making the, everything feel very grounded. Mm-hmm. Like this is what would happen if aliens came and yeah. the, the, the atmosphere of where they were felt real. Uh, the way everyone interacted with each other felt real. And like you said, like well, when they were interacting with them, it's felt like, what would happen if we were interacting with aliens? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's why it's funny. I think what you were talking about with the idea of him polishing a, a, a shit script and making it good. I feel like that's what I really like about him is that all, all his films don't feel like they're films that have been written. Um, you know, that have has been tied up in a neat little bow. They are slightly messy and they're slightly, which makes them realistic.
0: Well, he's said in the past that he's way more concerned with how, what a film conveys visually. I think I'm, Right, And now, that, w- yeah. that would be pretty obvious yeah, from seeing his yeah, totally yeah. Yeah. You know, And he's, he's making like, Blade Runner next, or the I next know, Blade yeah. Runner next, which I like, think... But you yeah. know what
1: you're talking about? The concept of like keeping it... Like You felt like this is what would happen if Aliens arrived. I felt the same way in watching Sicario. That would be the way it would happen. I yeah, felt the same way I agree. in Prisoner. And that's what I'm saying. The scripts have been written in a way, so they don't, they don't represent a film script. They represent almost a, a reality of that world that has rules and the way it would work. So everything can't get tied up in a neat little bow. Yeah. And the other thing that I really like about this is that it's so different to everything else he's done, which is what I really respect from directors is when they have the, the balls, just try something different that they don't know is going to be successful.
0: Well, everything he's done is pretty different yeah. from the last... I, I would, say I would and, agree with that. And that's tec-
1: why I really respect the fact that he did this.
0: I've, I've technically seen... Uh, enemy, but not really, because I'm scared of spiders. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of spiders in it. But did the, these aliens set you off at all? No, they only had. They, they were a little they? spidery, though, weren't they? They did look a little spidery. No, they're heptapods. Yeah, it's eight legs. That, yeah, I don't like eight
1: legs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so you don't like octopus either, right? Ah, oh, no, no. no, no. <laughs> uh,
1: and the other thing is, I think I think this type of film is the hardest type of film to make. After 2001: Space Odyssey, that it's just so hard to get an audience to go along into this. Trippy new world and interpret these aliens that look like this in the writing for an audience to go along with that is hard. I don't. There was,
2: it, uh, Derek. I don't know. What are you gonna say? Well, <laughs> I think that um, this is an interesting time for this film to come out too, because we're coming off of a stretch of um, high profile, super prestige science fiction films pretty much one per per spring in the last three years. You had Gravity in 2013, you had Interstellar in 2014, and you had The Martian in 2015. And they all have kind of a similarity to... Well, they're, they're different films, obviously, but they have a similarity in that they're really um, ambitious, big-budgeted, science-fiction, blow-your-mind films. Like, going to go and show you something that you've never seen before, mm-hmm. or... Um, I mean, the, the Martian's probably the most, the least adventurous of that. But the and, Martian, I, and I
1: would but, say Gravity, because Gravity and the Martian are based in reality. Arrival and Interstellar are making you make a jump. But in Arrival, logic.
0: Arrival felt a lot more low key than those films. Well, that's like, the like, thing. A lot more I,
2: I, Arrival does. I think a lot, Arrival drags in a lot of spots, and that's the thing. I, like I can't really tell if it was me sli- falling asleep for 15 seconds, or me falling asleep for 45 seconds, or you know what made it feel draggy. But I think part of the fact that it dragged was that there wasn't really a lot of character development for any of the characters. Even I'm going to say it, even Amy Adams, I don't think was as interesting as I had hoped that she would be. She's got a lot of praise
0: for her performance. I didn't think she, she just felt like Amy Adams. I thought she was
1: fantastic. Like I really thought she was fantastic. And I think, I think part of the reason that I picked up on the fact that her daughter hadn't been born yet was because of her performance. I could tell from the way she was waking up in the dreams that she she didn't know who that was. She didn't have sadness in her eyes when she woke up. She was surprised. And I think that surprise that I saw is what made me make the jump.
2: Okay, well, let, let let me interrogate that particular theory by asking about the scene at the beginning where she... The first scene that we see in the, in the quote-unquote present tense, yeah. where she comes to the classroom with only three people in there, and it's the day the aliens landed. Somehow, I guess, either she didn't know or they didn't know or whatever, but they discovered while they're there that the yeah. aliens have landed, and they watched it on TV. She is sad in that scene. Yeah. She's not a happy person. And I'm trying to figure out, is that the film tricking us because we've just seen the footage of her daughter die and we're expecting her to be depressed, or... Because essentially you're saying that's before her daughter was born. Correct. So why is she sad then? Is she? S- not, you don't think I'm, you don't think she was that, sad no, then?
1: I would be amazed. I would. I think when you watch it back, you'll be amazed how it's not there. But she's we, dragging. She comes kind of, in. Did, no, she no, says, no, no, "We're no, in class no, today." No, like she no. didn't. You and I. You and I. Like we talked about this after the film. I talked about it briefly. The power of editing and the power of film um, is the concept of cause and effect. Whatever scene you see before the scene that you're about to watch, will affect how sure. you interpret Well, that's, that's that scene. the Kuleshov, Kuleshov effect. effect, correct. Yeah, yeah. And which we uh, should maybe
0: quickly explain uh, to uh, our uh, thousands of listeners. <laughs> the Kuleshov effect was um, uh, this uh, sort of experiment, uh, at, you know, underwent or oh, carried out by a guy called Lev Kuleshov back in uh, Russia in the early uh, 20th century. And he would uh, splice images with the same face, expressionless face yeah. and mm-hmm. you know, there'd be like a baby dying and then it go back to the same face and then there'd be a cake and then go back to the same face. And the idea was that the audience would uh, connect the emotion with what the guy was yeah. looking at. And so if, you know, he saw um, a, an attractive woman in a bikini that you, you would project the idea of uh, lust onto this guy. Mm-hmm. Or if he was looking at the cake,
2: he would look hungry, but it was always the same face. Yeah. Continue. Anyone? No, no. I don't well, completely agree. Well, yeah. I mean, I and this is where a second watch is going to come in because yeah, exactly. I'm That's gonna I'm gonna really watch the second half, the first half of this film, and figure out if I think it's cheating or not. And my guess is that it probably isn't because they would have considered something like that and yeah. they would have said, "We can't cheat. We gotta we gotta be true to the concept." So, yeah. so I will look forward to that second screening. Yeah, me too. That's why I think it's going to be fascinating.
0: Yeah. Um. What else can we talk about? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Do you want to talk about
1: this film still? Or? Yeah. You got time. A Yeah, (laughs) I I mean, I'm not the biggest
0: fan of Danny Villeneuve's filmography to date I think they've all had really... Oh, actually, wait a second Was your screening really murky, the cinematography? Um, Not that I noticed
2: No, not that I noticed Maybe
0: it was just the screening I was in I found everyone's face was really poorly lit And
2: yeah, really struggled to make out a lot of stuff Mm. Well, let's talk about the camera work I, I was actually hoping that it was Roger Deakins again because yeah. there was one shot that really blew me away, which was the shot of the the establishing shot. The arrival, if you will. The arrival at the at the encampment in Montana, where the helicopter... All, the camera's obviously on a helicopter, and then it's taking in all these other helicopters and the whole base near the, near the ship. And all that stuff is really, really mood-setting, like a really it's in my sci-fi wheelhouse and then they then they board the ship and there's that great gravity effect Mm -hmm. that that was cool like they didn't need to do that that's just like imaginative filmmaking and just like giving a little bit of like a yeah there you go to like the fans who just love to just soak in that shit I would love to talk
1: about that so are you talking about when they arrive and the gravity changes yeah, the tunnel, mm. that blew me away. Like I had my jaw open because at that point you don't know what's on the other side of that tunnel. No. This the is unknown the first is great time they're if, going yeah. and our imaginations are going wild with the mm-hmm. possibilities. And just that simple technique just amplifies it all. By I, th- a I think um,
0: uh, when you're saying uh, you don't know what's on the other side of the tunnel, we should actually say this film is ruined a little bit by the trailers. I'd seen the trailers a few times yeah. and it really gives a lot away. Yeah, See, I'm so mean, glad I'm that so I'm so glad that I resisted. Watching yeah. That. yeah, I mean, I'm it so probably makes like, no... I don't watch any trailers anymore because I yeah.
1: don't want to be told what's going on. So, yeah, to I'm a sucker
0: for him, mm. and it probably makes no difference to anyone listening to this podcast because now we're spoiling the whole film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyone uh, want to tell me their top three Alien Invasion movies? Well,
2: Derek. Sure. Well, uh, this was an interesting topic to come up with because I think, um, in general, top th- the the uh, Alien Invasion films are tend to be flawed so inside instead i i decided to just go for three flawed choices (laughs) and you're gonna you guys are gonna laugh at at least two of them Mm. um but the first my number three choice is mars attacks um which is a comedy essentially um but i found the actual there's actual a huge amount of like real real like kind of awful violence in that film Mm. like these the 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 teams coming to welcome the aliens getting skeletonized by their rays and all this and i and it was kind of while i was laughing it kind of horrified me too so there's something that got under my skin about mars attacks so uh my number two is you ready signs m night Shyamalan and, uh, and here, and this is what I'm talking about. Tim flawed. Burton
0: and M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, flawed films. <laughs> what are talking talking about, but, but,
2: but here's what I want to say about that. This film came out soon after 9-11 and really capitalized on the where were you when phenomenon of 9-11. Like people watched it on TV. People could remember where they were when they first saw the aliens come. And I think, um, aliens in this case, and I think that Signs does that really effectively. Again, flawed. The third act is shit. When's the last time you
1: watched it? Not in a while. I watched it because I thought the same thing. I thought it was sensational at the time. I watched it about six months ago and it is bad. I (laughs) don't understand how the guy who made the sixth sense and
0: Unbreakable has gone... Onto where he's gone on to. Yeah, have you seen? Like, yeah. the six, Sixth Sense is really like a good film. Yeah. yeah. Unbreakable is a really good film.
2: And I'm a sucker it's, for it's, the, the Village. The first, first three, at least, all look really good. Well, most of them look really good. But I but I think some people, everyone kind of disagrees on when he really went off the deep end. And, mm. and that's a topic for another podcast, well, I think. The Signs of the
0: Village was that was his. Which was Signs his third? was before the Village. And that's, yeah, really that's like the line village. of demarcation yeah, for me. Me too. Yeah, and, see, I love Village. Yeah. I think I Signs village. and Village both have their moments, but re- that's, you know, I mean, Unbreakable yeah. and The Sixth Sense are great films. Yeah, like
1: incredible.
0: Re-watching Sixth Sense a couple of years ago, it's, it's always perfect yeah, it's, for what it is. Yeah, I, I think
1: under, break, Unbreakable is so underrated. Yeah, as well, or
2: under it's yeah, such a good film. All right, Shyamalan podcast next week. <laughs> no. um, so my well, on number bad, one, <laughs> you guys ready? Ready? Yeah. War of the Worlds, Steven oh. Spielberg. What? Well, yes. Oh, man. And, and and again, oh, flawed man. third act, flawed ending for sure. Yeah. The part with Tim Robbins not so great. The, the the tension <laughs> <right>. the tension <laughs> that, that, that Spielberg conjures in the first hour of that film, at least, longer than that. And the aliens themselves, when they make that like outrageous foghorn noise oh. right before they're about to fire, and then coming out of the ground, that skit that shit is pretty freaking creepy. How it's, long has it
0: been since you've seen War of the Worlds?
2: Uh, about five years. I've okay, seen it three I've, t- I've seen it three or four okay, times. I, saw it I, as I really realized that I
0: really liked it, and then I rewatched it and liked it a lot less yeah
2: but well yeah and the second half of the film is not great but some of the shit that happens in the first half of that film is so like if you had something to grip your hands on you'd be you'd be breaking it i mean mm-hmm. that's that's how much i think he succeeds with attention in that film hmm. on we to were, you just, <laughs> just before we were
0: on to blakey me and blakey were on the uh right here we're just saying how long it's been since spielberg made a good film yeah. yeah and we said about 20 years and it's been about 10 since war of the worlds yeah
1: yeah you know like lincoln,
2: <laughs> you're not a lincoln fan I think it's a right. I
1: did really like, um, okay. Spies*.
2: Oh, like, you know, like, he's made it was good, but good like Spielberg, yeah, there's nothing
1: yeah. Spielberg, yes.
0: All right, Blakey, hit me.
1: Um, I want to give two honorable mentions to, um, Predator and Independence <laughs> Day, Independence Day for not making the cut. Just third place is this film, Arrival. Um, I hope that, it, you know, I, like I said, in the second viewing, I hope it holds up, but I think, I think it will. Um, and I think we've talked enough about that film to go. Um, my number two and my number one were very, very close. Like I would say, splitting by a hair, my number two, as well as Mars Attacks. Mm. I love that film. Like I watched it as a kid and I was scared. Yeah, there's horrifying so shit in that film. Scared. Like that is scary shit. When, yeah. when he, she, that chick bites off his finger. Yeah. Uh, when he, when, when she goes to the white house and she's got that big hair, I just
2: they go and they, they like, uh, they, they like laser ray the whole, like yeah. the whole U S government. Basically. And their
1: heads explode with inside the, yeah. the thing. And
2: yeah. Tom Jones <laughs> is in it. And
1: like, I remember when he's boxing, they're boxing in it. Oh, no, nah, no, uh, I have lots of love for that film and I don't have, I don't want to hide it, but number one, um, (laughs) number one is E.T. for me. Like that, that film was just so, so. Invasion
2: bleak. Well, <laughs> well Arri-
1: Arrival's not really an invasion film, but if we're going to classify well, that, there's the there's a,
2: there's the There's the thought that it might be an, eva- an invasion. Well, but I, I'm just giving
1: you a hard time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, E.T.'s out, apparently. So. No, no, no. <laughs> um, no, I
2: mean, well, you, the, the government reacts as though this is a dangerous invasion. threat, yeah. you know? Yeah, anytime when aliens come to Earth, it could be has, uh, classified as an invasion. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know what you say. Well, how, what do you
1: have to say about E.T.? It's just a almost a flawless film for me. It's just perfect. Do you know,
0: actually you haven't seen E.T. since I was about eight. I like, can, oh. I can't remember any of it. I, I saw watched, it about
2: two. I saw it about a year or two ago. Yeah, I watched a few. It worth rewatching. Uh, I didn't like it as much. Okay, Really? Yeah. So
1: for me, like I just, I think the nostalgia of my childhood is just in it. And so I think that's It's hard just to separate that. Yeah. yeah.
2: What about you, John? Um, uh,
0: <laughs> it come we? up with on the fly here? <laughs> it's been a long weekend. Uh, uh Number three, I'd say, would be maybe Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the one from the fifties. Uh, yeah. There might yeah. be. There's another one. I'm glad there? I didn't yeah. say yeah. my yeah. honorable Stats. mentions because I was going to mention that. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's there's a couple of invasions of the body. The snatchers,
2: one in the seventies yeah. is great, also. Yeah. Okay. But the um, one in the fifties. Yeah. I don't is the think classic. I've seen the seventies. The original one, one. Yeah. and then
0: yeah. they did an even more recent yeah, we'll one. Yeah, which is called an invasion with Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Number two would be They Live. The what's that wrestler, Roddy? Roddy Piper. That's the one. Yeah. 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 Um you gotta, you, gotta, you gotta say the bubblegum line. It's yeah, it's you don't know what Blackie. No. It's where that line, I'm here to uh I'm,
2: well, here, I'm here to I'm here ass. to kick ass and chew bubblegum yeah. and I'm right. You've all got out an, an American gum. accent, it sounds better <laughs> when yeah. you say it. Uh and my number one What's happen- what happens in that film I've never even heard of it. Oh uh, well, you should watch it, but it's about it's about like code- encoded messages from aliens. It's similar to Invasion of the Body Snatchers, actually. Creepy? Yeah. Oh actually is The Thing... It's a kind of a, it's kind kind of a partial comedy, oh, though, the also. The Thing.
1: Should The Thing... Is The Thing Invasion? Is it Invasion? Uh, yeah, that would if be, it that would is, be a great choice. That's okay. okay. my number one. Well, my number one <laughs> was going to
0: be Predator, but, like, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah sorry. It, just knock my,
1: How did I forget The Even Thing? Even
0: now I'm thinking about it. They Live should have been number three in my original list. I'm going... Um, I'm going... What, my invasion of the Body Snatchers, Predator, The
1: Thing. I'm getting The Perfect. Thing in there, too, actually. <laughs> sorry. So mine is now Mars Attacks, E.T., The Thing. The
2: and thing I'm sticking with M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh Derek, final thoughts on Arrival. Um, go see it. No, I don't know. I, I I'm gonna see it again and I'm gonna make more sense of it and I think it probably really works and I think it's good.
1: Mm. Um, yeah, the only other thing I wanted to mention, I guess, is um his choice of casting I really I've really enjoyed in the last few
2: films as well. I think he makes good Jeremy good choices. Renner I
0: don't normally like uh,
1: heaps,
2: but he was um it was really cool in Arrival. Yeah. I thought I, Forrest Whitaker was too much of a stock character. Uh, ah, yeah. yeah. But what are you yeah. gonna do? And,
1: yeah. I, and I and I I think Amy Adams is great. I think she's really underutilized in most of Hollywood. Really, I
2: see for, for a strong female performance in a Denis Villeneuve film, I'd take Emily Blunt and Sicario. Instead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, again, yeah. it's just
1: great.
0: Yeah. And I and uh, I think there were uh, moments of brilliance uh, marred by just um, problems, but fundamental problems like script and uh, yeah, but really incredible moments throughout. But I, I found that throughout Denis Villeneuve's. Uh, career you know, career. Mm. Um, I guess that's it This has been The Real Good Podcast Thanks Blakey Thank you John And thanks D-Man See you next time We'll see you next time With uh, Undecided Film Dun, dun, dun.